0: Hey, it's Jeff here. After working as an automotive tech for almost 25 years, I can honestly say that finding employment with the right shop has been the difference maker between loving what I do every day or hating my career choice. Let me tell you, I've been there. But I've also had jobs where work didn't really feel like work. I love the challenge of fixing cars. So loving what I do, that's the easy part. Finding a good place to do it in, now that's been the struggle. And that's where my friends at Promotive knock it out of the park. They're a recruitment company specializing in jobs for our automotive industry. A techs, B techs, master techs, service advisors, managers, you name it. They are constantly looking for applicants in automotive to link them with available job postings at only the best vested shops around the country. Promotive has a team of professional recruiters that can help you with your resume, prep you for the interview process, and negotiate the best pay and benefits package for you. And best of all, it's free to anyone looking to gain employment check them out at gopromotive.com slash jeff gopromotive.com slash jeff just think you could be just five minutes away from finding your dream job we all look at it as like well if he's not there that's more work for all of us is the way we think right on the floor the reality is is if he's there that tech's not there it really backlogs everything Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting, thought-provoking episode of the Jaded Mechanic Podcast. My name's Jeff, and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey of reflection and insight into the Eric, toils and traumas of Doing a career great, in automotive thank repair. You. Things are After going well, I hear. 20 years of it, skin knuckles, and tool in in debt, time, I want to share is, my perspectives right. and hear other people's yeah. thoughts Busy? about it is. our industry. It so it pour yourself a strong coffee or grab like a cold Canadian beer and get ready for some great conversation
1: different parts of the country, but so far... We we're, we're seem to be surviving that. So
0: we had our first kind of, I'll, I'll call them slower days uh, since New Year's last week, which was um, a nice, you know. And, and my operation's small, right? Like, well, my role within the operation is small. It's a, it's a big operation mm-hmm. in what I do. Kind of the outside customer work, the this light duty stuff within this giant fleet shop that my boss has is. They're pretty busy. They're busy all the time. Me, I got finally caught up on everything and then, you know, the none of the fleet's tended to break down, so that's good. Huh? It's, you know, it was nice to have a day finally where I just I just changed my last set of snow tires. <laughs> I, right? So That's a
1: big that's a big thing up there, isn't it, the, the whole tire swap deal?
0: It's it I it sets our industry up here, Eric, for sure. Like you get a mad rush pretty much. You get people start calling end of September. So, which is a blessing because right after Labor Day, it gets really slow. People's kids go off to school and whatnot. And unless you're yeah. getting some of that, mom and dad gave me this car and I drove it, you know, three hours off to college or university. And I got here and it broke down. And, you know, if you're not getting that kind of work, nobody's really fixing a whole lot of stuff because right after Labor Day, nobody has any money. And then mm. you get into people start calling around beginning of October looking for prices on tires, snow tires, that kind of stuff the tire vendors start running promos on prices and it just, you're hoping to get that work in, right? And and you can get some upsells and stuff like that. There's no, I don't want to say there's no money, but the, the margin on tires, if you're paying a high-end tech, like a high-paid tech like myself to do them, the margin's not much. And because of the size of our operation, <clears throat> you know, we've got one other guy, uh, an apprentice that can kind of flow back and forth, but he's there. They're pushing him towards doing the heavy-duty stuff in my shop, the buses and stuff like that. So I still end up doing a lot of tires. So it normally tapers off by February <laughs> um, because some people get money at Christmas time and they buy snow tires finally or the last holdouts. And then it works. And then May, people start you know, thinking, okay, I can finally take them off. Because we, we'll get snow in May up here, right? Like it's not uncommon. Now, we don't okay. get a big <clears throat> desert that lasts but I mean I've seen I've seen black ice the first week of May more than once. So, you know, and it's just uh, it's a different thing. So it does drive the industry up here. So Eric, for the people that are familiar, where are you located and your name of the shop is? So I am located in southwest
1: Michigan, a little mm. town called Zeeland. Okay. The name of the shop is Merchant Automotive. Right. It started in two thousand four. Okay, and since day one, we have just focused on GM diesel trucks. Really, and specifically just the Duramax stuff. So <clears throat> once in a while, we we'd see a six five or something like that, but just it's it's just been since the beginning, it's been Duramax only. Yeah, once in a blue moon. Early on, I kind of dabbled with, you know, a couple Fords and, and a couple of the, the, the Cummins. And that was great. And there's, and there's, you know, a lot of work to be had in there. But I'm a GM guy. I was at the, the, the GM dealers before this. And um, it's just kind of what I knew. So we just kind of stuck with it.
0: Yeah. And- um, we don't see, like, predominantly what we get is a lot of, is a lot of, a lot of power stroke, you know, mm-hmm. they seem to outnumber the Duramax is probably, oh, I'd say probably 10 to 1 up here. And we okay. don't see, we don't see a lot of comments I think just because, I mean, I, I'm i a Dodge guy myself. So I always want to say they don't break down, but I know that's not true. It's just, oh, they're all garbage.
1: Yeah. All garbage. <laughs> I mean, they've all got room for improvement. How's that, right?
0: <laughs> I think it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's an interesting perspective. So it, you you can you say that you then specialize for sure. There's no question about that. You're a specialty shop, mm-hmm. right? So does that, wow. does that come with more of its own challenges or does it come with like more? Obviously, I would think that then the benefits outweigh the negatives of being specialized on that one particular. Because we see lots of shops that say they're, they're diesel shops, right? But to go one step further and say, okay, like I just wanna do, you know, Duramax, like what is that are you are you in an exceptionally dense population of them? Is that kind of
1: I don't know what the ratio is locally as
0: mm-hmm. far
1: as, as far as like between the brands. Since the beginning it it hasn't been necessarily only pulling locally for, for the repairs. Yeah. So, so we've kind of been able to spread out in that respect. Um, years and years ago, before there was when the Duramax was was still fairly new, one of the th- things that we did a lot of was the Allison transmissions. Not just the re- not just fixing them because they really weren't problems with them, but you know, it's, it's in the diesel side of things. The guys want more horsepower and they want to beef them up. Well, at a certain point, the transmission is not going to handle it anymore. So, yeah. got to start real early on doing allison upgrades uh building building those up to handle that additional power and in the beginning and and still to this day maybe not quite as much but it wasn't uncommon for people anywhere east of the mississippi we had customers come up from from the southern states florida we had people from out east and 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 everywhere in between would make like a weekend trip and come up and i'd do two of them on a weekend that was when I was still working in the dealer during the week. And I had a two-car garage at the time where I started, and it was, it was doing that. So, And then the word kind of spread, and that was back in the forum days before social media and all that. So word kind of spread through that, and that helped gain a, a wider customer base. Right. Nowadays, we don't see as much stuff come from that far away because there's a whole lot of places that they're going to drive past to get to me right and and a lot of that performance type work hasn't really died off but with all the emissions and stuff that we have nowadays it makes it a little more challenging because yeah. because obviously we, we we can't really take the stuff off and that's that's something I'm glad we never really got involved in never really counted on it for income because yeah. man there's, there's it's just whatever but how's that for a tangent <laughs> the service side of things historic. That's how it started. I was a service tech in the dealer for 10, 11 years. And that's how the company kind of started. And then it progressed into internet and web sales as well. So we we do online sales for for parts that we, you know, parts that these need, whether it be maintenance parts, repair parts, and that turned into manufacturing parts. So we're making replacement parts and that just keeps progressing. So we've we've got the service, we've got an e-commerce side, Um, we've got in-house manufacturing where we're actually building components that way but the whole thing circles around that Duramax platform and is it good I don't know it's it's kind of got the benefits of a dealer level pattern failure focused on one thing Mm -hmm. but it's got the aftermarket side of it's older and rustier stuff now and the last six months maybe not even quite six months I'm not gonna lie I've I've had a wake-up call with oh, yeah. what's out there. And what I mean by that is um this was the first year I attended vision. Okay. <clears throat> and frankly I never even heard of it yeah. before that. I'm stuck in my little world, you know, and I don't know <laughs> it, it, it's been a it's been a an eye opening last few months in, in this whole world of
0: business. So to backtrack a little bit, so you were saying what, so you'd have like two customers a week, bring you like essentially drive their truck up from somewhere. You pull the Allison out, go through it all, upgrade it, rebuild it, put it back in the truck.
1: It, it, I was doing two a day on on Saturdays. I'd work on Saturdays on the weekend, and I'd have I'd have them set up where they'd usually come up, you know, like Friday, and I had the first guy there at seven. First, the first truck there at seven, and keep in mind these trucks are. Are fairly new at the time. We're not dealing with a bunch of rusty stuff. Yeah, and that one I'd pull it out, go through it, put all the upgrade parts inside, a, a torque converter, that kind of thing, and usually have that one done three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I start on the next one, and by around eleven o'clock at night, <clears throat> I was wrapping up the second one. That left me my Sundays free. Yeah, and then again, most of those people were kind of hanging out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I mean, that's. I, 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 I mean that's impressive. That's 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 a long day. You know what I mean? To, it's a long day to build that business up after doing the dealership thing of, you know, pulling trannies all week long, right? Like it. That, how's your How's your shoulders and back? <laughs> well, we're all getting older. Yeah,
1: we're yeah. all getting older, and I and I and, I, and I, I I probably can't keep that pace up these days. And it's still fun to go out and you know. See what's what and see if you still got it so to speak but now he's like oh you're fighting all this rust and and that kind of thing <clears throat> but yeah it was with the space in the garage was so limited i'd 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 lift the truck up but you know or drop the tranny down on the training jack and then i'd wheel it over and wrap a chain around a hoist arm use the hoist with the truck still on it to get it on the jack uh onto the fixture and mm-hmm. uh at that time i was building them off of those folding, I don't know, Rubbermaid or the fold up plastic tables that you know yep. you kind of can fold up and set aside. Yeah, and I had to be careful because you, you couldn't put a lot of weight on them. And I got five gallon buckets for all the oil, and yeah. it was cozy, it was definitely cozy. But the, the, the transmissions didn't need a full on overhaul, yeah, they just needed the upgrade part, so that definitely helped and sped things up because I didn't have to, to gut the thing and. and clean out a bunch of broken stuff typically it was just some upgrades
0: so yeah so you wound up at vision and that was so when you say you would never heard of it why do you think that is because i mean it's not a new thing but i mean that's that's mm-hmm. something a sentiment i hear from more and more people as i as i get more involved in networking and stuff like that is they go oh i didn't even know of vision or i didn't know of apex or I didn't know of AST right like why do you think that is
1: for me I was, I was stuck in my own little bubble mm-hmm. I I was in this you know most of my focus had been as far as the professional networking side will call it has been in the in the diesel side of things in the diesel industry the diesel world and and there just isn't or at least I haven't been exposed to just a ton of that general aftermarket professionalism because um, right. again, we're, we're holed up in our diesel thing and we, uh, there's there's some, I'll call it shop owner ego. And I'm like, well, I know what I'm doing. I, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. I don't know nothing. I'm, <laughs> I am the stereotypical technician turned owner. And I don't, all these stories I've heard, I'm like, oh yeah, they're talking about me. They're talking about me. Yep. And I don't remember exactly how it came about, the whole vision thing, but I remember reaching out to Lucas on Messenger and asked him something about something. And when I did that, and he still gives me grief to this day, when I did that, you know, I type his name in and it comes up and he had sent me a message probably eight, nine years ago that I never answered. And oh. I don't remember why, but then I answered it, like, tell me more about all this stuff. And and the, of course, the first thing he did is give me a bunch of shit for taking 10 years to respond to him. And I try and get that down now to just a couple of days, days, but-, <laughs> but he just... <laughs> He got me excited about it Yeah, and talked to a few other people in the industry, and, and, and they were going, and a couple of them had actually been there a few years, and I, I wasn't familiar with them, the, with those shops. And mm-hmm. it was, like I say, it was just, it was amazing. It was like, where the hell have I been?
2: Yeah, he's, and,
0: Lucas is infectious, eh? Like, mm-hmm. it's his attitude and his demeanor and his his, his passion for, for this industry. You can't help, but, you know, you either you just you just get fired up being around it, right? Like I mean it's so it's so cool to see somebody and and he's not the only one. That's that's that was the amazing thing for me was once I got to know him and he's kind of introduced me to, to the other people that are around, I was like, holy crap, like there's a lot of people that genuinely love to see, you know, uh, more and more of us improve and more of us like get out there and talk about the 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 issues that we're all struggling with. Like you said, you know all these things resonate with with you, right? Where it's like, oh, he's talking about me again. He's not talking about you in particular. He's just talking about one of thousands, you know, that we all have made right. those, we've all faced those struggles. I don't want to say we've all made the same mistakes, but, you know, we've all been down a similar road, right? And it, it's, it's a, I don't want to say that it's a natural progression, but I think what I really like is that they're trying to get more people involved that, you know, don't go so far down the road right? Here's, here's learn from the other person's mistake. They drew you a map, right? Like let's, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, I I didn't make a division. I went to ASTE, and it was like life changing, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just a cat that hung out on Facebook and, you know, uh, hung around the different groups and IETN way back in the day. And, you know, I can't remember, I honestly say when I was in IETN, I think I remember people talking about vision, but it was always just, it seemed to be the same 20 people. They were going again, you know, and it was like, what is it? You know, and, and immediately when people mm. were talking about it, it sounded like it didn't have a lot to offer to somebody unless they were already the elite and nothing could be further from the truth, right? It's, oh, these man, absolutely not. You know, there's so much. So when you went, when you went, you were going with the intent to kind of help your business out. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. And it was, the first thing I looked at was, was a lot of the technical classes Mm. and then I, and then I, well, maybe I should probably learn something about the actual business side so or at least, at at least, at least, you know, attend a couple of them, maybe some technical and, and, but I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I, you know, other people have talked about it how great it is. Again, some of the people I've talked to and, lucas and a few others at that time like oh yeah this is definitely definitely worth the trip definitely all the good stuff <laughs> but it wasn't until being there and and it was the the, the first the first class i had whatever day the first day is i don't even know thursday morning was was cecil yes um, and and he just and talk about getting introduced to it you know with with somebody that's not afraid to I tell you what's what, but it yeah. was just I again blown away and, and <clears throat> shop owner ego. Uh, I don't know, there's so much to learn from that kind of thing. And, and like you mentioned, Apex, I've been going to SEMA and Apex for 2007. Wow, and I don't, I, I never realized that all that stuff, those types of training things, are happening at Apex. I'd go to a few. A few of the things at SEMA, but never really went there as an educational thing. I went there as kind of a networking and then let's find some new products and, and that type of thing. Yeah. And I was already just, you know, the, 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 the hype is coming up for Apex again, cause it's just a few months away and <clears throat> and I'm thinking I, I couldn't hardly do that thing in four days before. Now it's like, you know, I got to squeeze in all this other new stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've never it's been. <laughs> it's on my bucket list to do SEMA and Apex, and I mean, because and when they started talking about oh, SEMA and Apex run together at the same time consecutively, and you know, hmm. I always thought I knew what what SEMA was. SEMA was where you went to meet like chip Boose and you know all yeah. the all the guys that you see on TV and then the, you know the internet, the big the wigs, right, of the hot rodding and all. Oh, that. Yeah. And I was like, and I had friends that had gone and they're like, oh, you, you got to see it. It's amazing. And then when they started talking about Apex being there, I'm like, well, what is Apex? Well, Apex is like all the other stuff that you would see, you know, at Vision or ASTE, the business side of it, right? And a, on a level that's bigger than that, you know, combined with, it, I'm like, oh man, I got it. So that's the goal. Hopefully is this fall is, is make it to that because I mean, I've wanted to go to Apex and <laughs> a kid since I was a t- you know a teenager you know because i grew up reading hot rod and stuff like that right so it's like to see all those guys that like you know used to have a tv show or you know i used to read about them on hot rod to see them there but then to get also the training that i can get at apex and and the networking yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dying to go big time so see so what did you sat down with cecil in his class his uh, the first class I attended AST was also was was Cecil's, and um, and I'm not a shop owner. I'm just a tech, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was it was so cool to sit in that class and watch all these other people, like just their their eyes kind of widen up, right, and their ears perk up, and you can start to see the light bulb go off for a lot of them. It's like, wow, you know, that was pretty cool. That gave me a lot of, you know. If we could get more and more people to attend those kind of events and those kind of classes where he sits down and, you know, he's not interested in hearing your excuses for for why. You oh, know. hell no. Right? He doesn't. Cecil is definitely
1: not one to take the
0: excuses. He will, he would,
1: he'll, he'll do anything for you except listen to your bullshit. I mean, yeah. you know, can we say that on here? Right? We're okay with that. For sure. For sure. Yep, no worries But he's been he's been he's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um it, but so many people there. This all these people that were there and these instructors and, and now we start hearing these names through the uh the ASA group and the changing the industry group and other Facebook stuff and there's a lot of pretty damn smart people or at least pretty down to earth makes sense you want to listen to them what they have to say people. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I feel like I missed out for years and years and years. And I, and we always hear about it. It's the 20% or the 15% that actually attend these events and do these things and join those groups or, or whatever. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't doubt that for, a, for a bit.
0: Yeah. It's I don't, uh, no, I, I don't I, know how you spread the word. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it just makes me. When I still see people, and it's like I, I reached, you know, I know a couple of people in shops and, and run shops and stuff. And you mentioned, well, you know, I'm on Facebook, and they're like, oh, I don't like Facebook. Facebook is, is Facebook's to this or Facebook's to that. And it's like, okay, well, that's true. There is, but there's also, I mean, there's, you know, Instagram, there's LinkedIn, there's, you know, TikTok if you want to get into TikTok. <laughs> the point is, like, it's not about, I wish people, you know, yeah. everybody was on Facebook. I just wish people would finally start to network at the level that I think we need to network. Right? Like it's 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 not anymore where it's just we've got to think. Okay, well, in my own county or in my own town, you know, I, I got it sewn up and I'm I'm surviving. I'm doing well. We need to start to really look at what people do elsewhere and stop making saying, "Well, oh, it works there for them because of this reason," and instead just like to start looking at it, and going. What they do is really smart, and I need to try and make that work here. If we could just all do that, man, <laughs> such a different industry we would have, you know. It's because it's we're we're into that situation where you know we're we're the technician shortage is right in everybody's face right now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's I think that that's the only way we start to to be able to sell this to the next generation is getting everybody more. I'm not saying you have to do it exactly like the shop, you know, so-and-so shop. I don't think everybody should be a carbon copy. I like the individuality. But I think we all need to address the big issues, kind of get a little more concise agreement on how to approach some of them, and then work as a as a team towards that. I think that's huge because, like, what's your setup now? How many employees are working with you? So there's 17 of us now throughout the whole business. Right
1: in service department, three full-time people in service, uh, a writer and two techs. And then we also do, we still do a lot of transmission builds that we ship complete units out. So I've got kind of, that kind of splits up a little bit with the service. Like it kind of, we're, we're, we're trying to schedule those as well as actual trucks to repair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we, we closed service for a few years, a couple of years back. And I think uh maybe two or three years now we've had it back up and going again and it's it kind of limits things when you when you just are that specialty shop so it you know the 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 marketing side of things we do a lot of different different well we do some i wish we did more but we're still figuring out what works without just paying google Mm -hmm. for the e-commerce side the internet side the website side. But, but to learn how to market to the local people, and for years and years and years, it's just been word of mouth. Right. Um, that's that's how a majority of it has been. Oh, so-and-so brought their truck here. They're really happy with it. I want you to fix mine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And ultimately, those that's the most trusting way a, a customer can come in instead of just coming in cold. But, boy, it, it doesn't happen overnight.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I don't know where I was going after that. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you because <laughs> – that seems to be kind of, uh, you know, my business or it's not my business. Our business is very much still like, it's a lot of word of mouth, right? Because we do not have to, I mean, we, we advertise a little bit. We have a Facebook, you know, post and all that kind of jazz, but we're not like out there with a radio spot and, you know, I mean, nobody, nobody even reads a phone book anymore. Right. And no. I, the Google Google thing, I don't know, but what I found with the diesel truck side of stuff or the fleet side I should say even in my more particular case is that if you get known as being able to like you're just honest you fix it you keep it reliable you keep it the wheels turning it, it doesn't take long and it can start to really help and that's what i find with the with the diesel guys is that like yeah it's it's good to be specialized and if you can if you get known out there as like oh man i you know i put 100,000 miles on my truck a year right I work it's an actual work truck and he puts a transmission together for me, and it stays together. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. You can, you've got all their work if you can do that, right? Because they just, they think you're magic at that point, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, it, and those ty- those types of people do. There, a lot
1: of them are relying on that truck to make a living. You yeah. know, if it's a if it's a contractor or a, there's a lot of uh, RV haulers. Mm-hmm. We're an hour and a half north of of that little corner in indiana and southern michigan where they where they build so many different travel trailers and rvs and there's and we don't see a, a lot of business from those people because we're just outside of that circle but man there's a ton of hotshot guys on the road that are going all over the place yeah i was just gonna say and they just need their stuff fixed
0: yeah yeah and they i mean it's like you said they rely on it right and that's the thing people forget yeah. like it's you know it's one thing to say okay i, I Mrs. Jones is going to bring in her Camry, right? And we're going to, she's going to drop it off. We're going to do a brake job and, you know, whatever. And I'll change and something else on it. And, you know, it's, it's basic transportation. We can give her a loaner car and, you know, have her back in in two days or whatever and done that person, you know, not too many operations are running around, but it's like, okay, I'm going to take this guy's hotshot truck and I'm going to pull it off the road and I'm going to tear it down and I'm going to fix it for him. I don't have another truck that I can go and give him. To, to go out there and continue to make money with it, to make work, to, to pay his bill. We, they plan it around their holidays, right? They plan it around, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, it, sometimes I find that that gets worse because it's like they put off things because it's like it's going to be in the shop for this. So while it's going to be in there, I'm going to have this looked at. That's great. But when everybody does that. Then if it was just a scheduled transmission thing, all of a sudden it's a it's a transmission and a front end overbuild, right? Like rebuild it. It's just it. Yeah, it starts to really push yeah. the scheduling. So, but I I like that kind of thing that it's like you know I'm working on something that actually isn't just transportation. It is somebody's livelihood. I, I find it much easier to deal with those kind of people. They just appreciate it, right? So they and they're
1: they're very open. And mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you. Take care of them. They'll take care of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But they do help with, the, I, they I, help with the marketing for sure. For sure.
1: Yep. Yeah. It takes, you gotta, you gotta make 10 of them really happy for one of them to say something. But boy, yeah. I mean, we all know you, you piss one off and it, they're going to tell 10 people and it's, I mean, we're all human. Things happen. It's, yeah. But it's how you take care of it, how you handle it after the fact. So yeah. Parts fail. Been,
0: you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, what's the biggest obstacle you're facing in the business right now? Me? Really, eh?
2: Yeah.
1: I think I'm very – I lack a lot of uh, – I need, I need to be better at a lot of things that would help a lot of things. And, when, and delegation is something I, I struggle with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Delegation has, has always been tough because I just – I feel like I'm a – and I'm not by any means, but I feel like I'm a, I, I, I need things done a certain way, a perfectionist type thing. And again, by no means am I that way right but I'm just I just not very good at helping people come to a conclusion or training them very well in a repetitive manner. Uh, I'm just like, okay, I'll just I'll just take care of this I'll just do it myself. And that's right. not very good at all. That's been a big struggle and, I, and I'm trying, I'm learning to work on that. I'm, I'm still a long ways to go. And then also just to make sure that I'm uh, reaffirming everybody, like, there's, I mean, there's 17 people here. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good things every day and I'm not as good as I need to be at making sure they know that. Right. right. Uh, I, I tend to find the stuff that shouldn't, it's a once in a while issue. And some of it, again, is, okay, what's the process? Do we have a process for this? You know, I'm all about having a process, but I am not the one to write it. I don't have the patience for it. Uh, you know, the whole visionary integrator type thing. Yep. I yep. feel I feel I should be the visionary. But I've found myself in a position many times where I'm, I'm meddling in it. Uh-huh. And, and uh-huh. frankly, in the way and not delegating it properly. <clears throat> and... I'll, uh, that's 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 probably the, one of the biggest struggles.
0: Well, I think it says a lot about your character that'll be able to even, first of all, recognize that. I think that says a lot for you because I mean we talk a lot of the time, and I think it's one of the, if you were to ask some of the coaches, the biggest struggle I think that they may face is getting some of the owners to realize that they are the big obstacle in the success of the business, right? And I can understand mm-hmm. where because it's like. It's so hard to take something. I mean, you built it. You built it from the, your backyard into this, you know, not this to this very successful, you know, uh, thing. And to relinquish a lot of control day to day, is tough. You know, I don't. I don't. I. My. I, it's very tough. A good friend of mine, Sean Miller, runs a phenomenal shop. Brilliant mechanic. Absolutely top. One of the top, probably. Top 25% within the industry, without a doubt, with what he can do, mm. solve the way he runs his shop, everything. And it's, you know, he, he posted on in the industry last week, just the pictures of them showing them what they started out with, what the shop started as, and pouring the concrete, you know, a look back kind of retro thing. And I can understand, because I've known him quite a while, and I, we talk a lot, I consider him like, he's my brother. I know how hard it is for him to relinquish like stepping, like he, he is not a absentee owner. He is not a, I'm on the counter and like, he's back in the Bay. He's looking, he knows every customer that comes in. He knows every car that comes in. He knows why they're there. He's delegated to, you know, the ones that he needs, he feels like it's going to be the best. If he handles it, he's back there handling it, killing it, you know? Yeah. And then he's in, he's involved in so many. And I understand by watching him, why so many struggle to to delegate? You know to be able to do it. So don't, you know, Eric, don't beat yourself up over it, Ben. It, it is something that we all struggle with. You know, it's uh, I think I think it's the way
1: majority of us are now. Most of the from from what I can tell, at least in the in the twenty percent world that we're around again those those Facebook groups and and networking type things, the shop typical shop owners are. Technician turned shop owner. Something happened along the way, uh, and then now they're a shop owner. And as a technician, especially—I would say especially—in my experience, dealer level tech, you're out there fighting for yourself. The only person looking out for you is you at a dealership. And I've I, the little bit that that you and Brandon were talking that I've gotten through on that episode. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the, what signs out front or what logo or what comes in the door. It's a dealership environment, and it's
0: yeah it's crazy it it, It doesn't matter it it is you talk to everybody in this industry that has that background and they all have the same you know pluses and minuses the horror stories and and the well what did i take away from that was positive well i learned that product really well i got fantastic training on that product i learned it inside and out but man they kicked you know the the culture the culture just you know it it eats you up and that's awful yeah. And I mean, and that's what I I, I want to try and and keep people you know, I used to say all the time, if you've never done it, you don't know. And that's and and I, I still to this day believe that you can't, you know, people just go, Oh, they're just you know, it's I see it when guys when shop owners they talk about they hire a dealer tech, right? And they bring them into say a a shop like yours or a shop like Lucas's or something like that, and they're like, I can't understand why that dealer tech was like that or I can't, you know, Oh my God! He did this, this, and this, and this, and it's like you have to understand where they come from. It's it's a completely different culture, you know. It's it's a real adjustment. I'm not sure I've totally adjusted to it. I don't think you can. I think it's I think it's ingrained in you. Yeah, you jump back and forth, or you you go on, but I think it's there's still some core things from that. Maybe it's like PTSD from you know war or something you always tend to sometimes think a certain way about a certain issue or a problem or whatever and it's it's mm-hmm. hard for me now even you know to not get my back up or not to always be you know worried about stuff that i don't even need to worry about anymore cuz i don't work in a dealer but it's just it gets ingrained in you right you know what it's like it's just you're always thinking oh, yeah. about you're always looking at the the ebbs and flows of the business up and down it, it's not healthy it's not healthy you know and no,
1: it's 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 definitely. Not. I think it's good to have some of that experience, maybe as life experience in the dealer. Because the one thing the dealer did teach you or te- taught me, uh, or, or maybe it was the environment, not the dealership specifically, was was hustle. I mean, a flat rate tech, it, and you had to you had to hustle, and you had to figure out how to be efficient and. Yep. You didn't have to, but your, your paycheck depended on it, and it, so so a lot of that stuff, I think, was was good to know. Even to this day, I I I don't notice it myself, but if you know, if you pick up a, a an impact with a socket, you're not just pulling out the two bolts in front of you with that mm-hmm. ten mil. You're you're dancing all over the place because you know that four steps down the line or whatever. And you just, especially with a repetitive job and things like that, but you're all these little efficiencies. Um, yeah. That being said, I, I feel bad for the people that spend their entire career in the dealer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but we start out there and then, like I said, it's every man for himself in there, you know, either that or you're, you're it, hopefully, hopefully those type of people aren't listening to this, but you're ass kissing the dispatcher.
0: Yeah. And the service no.
1: manager to get, to get that gravy fed and, and to get, you know, some, some straight time for some of that jobs that you're going to lose on. I, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's too much politics, too much politics. Let's just fix the damn car.
0: That's the thing that always grounded me. Cause it was like, I didn't need any favoritism. Mm-hmm. I just needed you to hand me, you know, this is what I'm strong at. You need it done. Give it to all, give me as much of it as you can and I'll get it done. Happy to do it. Mm-hmm what I didn't want to sit through was the, the lectures we always got as, you know, oh, comebacks or this, or, you know, um you know, we need to be start time needs to be at eight o'clock, not eight 15, not eight 20. Uh, I'm, I'm there at seven 30 every morning. Right. Well, why am I sitting in this meeting? Right. You know, and it was just, it went on and on and on until it's like, you know, you're all paid as a, as a dog eat dog. You know, you're just a, you're not, you're a number. you got to, hustle like you said you got to play the game you got to take what you can you know you got to make chicken salad a chicken shit like if they give you a crap job you got to get into something but when you know when it was time to everybody get under the microscope then we're a team all of a sudden and we'd sit around and we're like we know and it's funny people don't like to talk about it you know who's getting the comebacks. You know. You see it, right? We all, as much yeah. as hard work, right? you start to recognize what somebody's doing, where they're having struggling, and you're like, oh, he got dispatched that. I'm probably going to see that next week. And sure enough, it was, it's like, can you come over and look at this? And it's like, that's where I always struggle with because it's like, you know, what they're asking you to do is go over there and, and take over that or bail them out so that they can go right back to maybe some of the shenanigans, the the not so on the level stuff that they do that generate a bunch of hours. And you go back over into your corner and you just do your thing. And that's where I struggle. Cause it's like, I don't want to be lectured about CSI and I don't want to be lectured about comebacks. If I'm not having comebacks, I don't, I don't want to be up here in this meeting discussing comebacks. Right. And, and that's not to say that I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't right. right. Wasn't the problem, right? There's a core group of us that we weren't the problem. And you know, I hated that it was always like the political thing. We all have to get in crap together. Well, no, I when it's when it's about you know producing as many hours as possible, we all look at it as like, well, if he's not there, that's more work for all of us, is the way we think, right? And on the floor. The reality is is if he's not huh? there, there that text not there it really backlogs everything and it makes it worse. We need, you know, there, there's a formula. We know how many texts we need to get the work done. But you look at it and it's like, if they would just stop dispatching him drivability, things would go fine. But they're also like, he wants his numbers. So when there's nothing but drivability, well, let's give him another kick of the can. That's the part with with dealerships that I I just, I can't stomach anymore. It's not, And it's, it's not just dealerships, it's shops, period. You know, if you want to work them on where some people are specialized or some people have strengths, let them be strong at it. and, and you know how it falls financially is how it falls. And I think that that's where we're screwing up some of the, you want to talk about incentivizing people to, to improve and to make more money. If the, if the hard transmissions drivability, you know, if you want to see people start to really go after, if that is lucrative when it is lucrative in a dealership or in a flat reach scenario, let it be. And let the people show them yeah. the motivation. Like give give them chances, give them training. I mean, but don't sit there and go, "Oh, we got to keep everybody the same." No, <laughs> right? There's no, there's
1: no such yeah. There's no such thing as that.
0: Yeah, when well, I was watching the transmissions fail on the caravans way back in the day, all the time, and I was looking at the guys, you know, and they would do one by, they'd start it eight in the morning, they'd have it, you know, running by 1130. They do another one in the afternoon. They'd walk home at the end of the day with at least 12 hours a day, right? Like a lot of guys walked in and went, wow, I want to, I want to do that. I would like to make those kind of hours. Not everybody could do it. Not everybody could, you know, was that fast and, and transmissions is a, is a thing. There's a, there's a definitely a knack to it. But I, I always thought, well, it's like, that's what's incentivizes people to continue to at least try it. You know what I mean? When we all just sit around where you make it where it's like, well, you know, everybody's got to make around 10. So you, you can bang that training up real fast. We're going to get you a training and then we're going to, you know, not give you work because we got to get him brought up right to, to, I never, that never sat well with me. I just, I don't want to do somebody's comeback. I just, unless it's my own, just let me handle my own work. Give me what I'm good at and, and. Stay out of the way, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's not, that that the it's that independent. Works. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's that independent mindset, and yeah, but it's hard. It's but it's hard to 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 you know give a guy a bunch of information or 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 give him the secret sauce or or whatever whatever little secrets we have. And I think I've even heard you mention it on some some other episodes. Like, you don't want to give him all the answers. Yeah, I don't. Lead a lead a guy to water, but if he can't figure out what to do after that, um, okay. Sorry.
0: Yeah, it, it's tough, eh? Like, how, yeah. what do you think about that? Like, so, I mean, as somebody for you, you're 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 very specialized in what you do. So, if somebody calls you up and says, "I got an Allison doing this," you strike me as the type of person that's going to help that that person, right? That shop owner, or you know, we but how do you how do you know eric when it's when it's or maybe you don't know <laughs> when has it become detrimental to your bottom line we get a ton of that stuff and we and frankly have for years
1: and years and years and one of the things that i did when i first started <coughs> excuse me to get to get the word out so to speak or my marketing was again back in those days of the of the forums mm-hmm. and I would go in there and I was, I was constantly helping people, you know, the, the forum tends to attract people with problems and they're looking for an answer. And then I could provide them with an answer or at least some advice or some input or, or help them work through a problem mm-hmm. um, as much as possible over the internet without having the vehicle in front of you. Yeah, And then that, you know, morphed into, in, in, into this day, people will call daily and, and a lot of it, and they're scattered all over the country, just because we're we're doing the e-commerce side. So they're looking for answers. So I've had my truck to three different places, and it's still doing this. And da 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 da. And at a certain point, it's like you want to help them because you want to you want that to turn into a sale of whatever item or product or fix or something that they need to take yeah. care of the issue. But more and more so, it's harder to do it because you're relying. The question you ask is you're relying on on the guy on the other end to give you the answer. And that just makes it even worse. Now, ultimately it's like, okay, we're not we if you'd like to schedule to bring that in, let's get you in. Let's get Mm -hmm. you in. Or or hey, you know what? Whatever area of the country you're in, I've got a I've got a couple referrals that I can point you to that they can get you taken care of. Yeah. But man, there's so many people that's like, oh okay, well check this. Yeah, I checked it. Everything's good. Yep. Well, what would you come up with? Oh, everything's everything's within spec. Yep, everything's within spec. Oh, I checked all the wiring 10 times. Or my favorite. Oh, I've been doing this 30 years. I I know that wiring is good. Okay. That's the first place
0: that I'm looking when you Yeah.
1: You, I checked but then, it but I, the transmission's
0: Yeah. I checked out open the loom and all the wires are there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't check it check it, you know. So you def, do you oh. definitely find that it is it it does it can be an obstacle in, in the shop making money for sure.
1: And, and if, yeah, I mean, I don't get pulled away too much on it as much anymore. I've got I've got some people here that <clears throat> will take all those calls, and very seldom do I get on the phone with somebody. And man, I, I, I I don't like talking on the phone yeah. at all. I'm, a, I'm I'm I love texting. I love doing whatever, but man, I don't want to be on the phone for. And it's not a bad thing. It's just I don't I don't like to be on the phone. That's I guess that's what it comes down to. <laughs> But ultimately we're always hoping that those calls will turn into a sale and it might not be that day, but you know, the good, the good in people, you want to think, well, I helped them out. Hopefully they remember that next time they need something. And I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe, maybe not much. And it probably does cost a lot on the bottom line because those, those people that are answering those questions on this end, you know, they're getting paid. Yep. Ultimately we just hope it, Comes full circle. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much it really does, but um, with some of that stuff, though, we can't fix it over the phone, Mister.
0: You sell them apart, or you sell them a transmission, and they call you up. Obviously, that's a different thing, right? You're gonna get, you're gonna give support and <laughs> offer support. You
1: know, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you want to treat everybody like that because they might not be a customer now, but if they had that good experience, you turn that into something later. And, hmm. and we've had people for years and years and years of have have supported us because we, you know, were able to help them out and they remember that. And that's the kind of stuff that we all wish yeah. all of our business was <clears throat> that loyalty.
0: Yeah. It's it's it used to happen more at my shop. It doesn't seem to happen as much now. I don't know whether it's just my my manager that I have is maybe he's a little bit better at feeling the calls. But it, it just amazes me still how people will call a shop out of the blue and say, I have this and it's been to three other places, and and it's still broken. And uh, you know, I talked to this, this person, and they mentioned your shop. Uh, and they're not calling to make an appointment; they're calling to like, mm. uh, you know, ask, well, what do you think it could be? And and people used to just light me up because, it, well, it's still broken. That's what it is. I mean, I, I can't, I can't tell you. you. You can't put the truck on. You can't put the truck on the phone and have me talk to you. I mean, but that's what people think, and it's like. What's the sense in having a 20-minute conversation? Okay, did you check this? Did you check that? Oh, of course you did check this. Because they automatically, just like you said, they go back to you and go, well, of course I checked that. That was the first thing I was told. Yeah. That's the first thing Google told me to check. That. Well, <laughs> yeah. and it, better where it's just about being polite about it. I'm just saying, well, I really need to see the vehicle. If you could just get me the vehicle here, then I could really probably help you out. Because you know? that's like, you know but that frustrated me for years because it, as a former dealer tech it was so like you did not get called hardly ever to answer the phone and and talk to somebody that was at another shop about how to fix something because you weren't getting paid for that phone call you know it was you weren't getting paid you, if you weren't getting paid you do it so so and, you, and, and it? you had to adjust to that i'm sure right
1: and then those just like that scenario, those those, that 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 vehicle's been to three different shops, so three different people of whatever skill set is irrelevant, but they've actually had the vehicle in front of them, yeah, was able to do whatever testing they want, successful or unsuccessful. Now, the next call is you know, we're expected to figure out what's wrong with the truck over the phone based on information that we don't even know how accurate it is, yes. And sometimes, again, with the pattern failure stuff, or like you're working on one thing the whole your whole career, you're like, ah, I I remember a situation like that. But yeah, again, do you give all those answers away? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But ultimately, it again, it's to it's to get them as a customer, even if it's just in a parts situation.
0: Yeah,
1: it does make it does add a dynamic to it because on one hand, you want them to bring the truck in, and as soon as somebody. Says it's been to three different shops. That instantly goes to all right. We're going to need five, eight, hundred thousand dollars
0: up front okay. before we even before we even open the door. That and was be my that's just yeah. That was going to be my next question to you because we've have kind of seen that you know Brian Pollock, a good friend of ours, and and you know he's talked about and Paul Danner that you know they're starting to do that retainer where it's like okay you're going to bring us a nightmare car, cool. We're going to work on your nightmare car. And we're going to get to the problem. But you're going to have to commit to seeing this through, and that means a financial commitment. So you're obviously on board with that. You think that is just the way it as should. As
1: soon as I seen that video that that Paul had did on that, and I and I know he's quick to to not take the credit for that. And at the moment, it escapes me on on who who he gives that to. And frankly, it doesn't matter. The point of it is, I think we all need to embrace it for years. And I am I am again poster child guilty. <laughs> of giving it away because my ego, I had to know what was wrong with that vehicle. I needed to know what was wrong with it. And I think, I think Cecil even covered it in that class. I don't know. <clears throat> the only thing that did is made me feel smarter about myself. What it didn't do is pay to keep the lights on. My <laughs> ego was getting in the way. Yeah. And as it turns out, and and if and if you've been in this situation, and you don't believe me, do it. As it turns out, people will pay you for that, and the the retainer thing. We, yeah. Shortly after that, I had it. We had a truck come in, just some real weird problems, and I'm like, "We you fifteen hundred bucks up front." And the guy's like, "Okay, no problem. I need my truck fixed. No problem. Whatever you need done." And people don't argue with it. And if they do argue with it, you know what? we're probably not going to be the place you want to bring that. Right. Because if, if we're already having a discussion about it now and we haven't even started on it, mm, sorry, or or my pet peeve is when you get you get something that's been those three other places. And then, of course, well, I've spent all this money. It, it goes back to the, the dealership experience. Well, the first guy skimmed the gravy off and didn't fix it. Now the guy is mad and he wants it fixed. And I got nothing left but a broke car with, with – very little gravy and a ticked off customer. Yep. It's kind of, it's kind of the same deal, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But my God, we need to charge what we're worth. We need to charge what we're worth. I'm terrible. We ju- I, after vision, labor rates went up. Good. Uh, our testing rate, our testing rate went up. I'm I'm one of those. I had no idea what the numbers should be. Like seventy percent wow. labor. You know, you're looking for that fifty to sixty or maybe sixty five percent on parts and. What your ratio is and adjusting for that, I just thought, well, or you know, we sell the parts for this and we charge book time, and we were 125 bucks an hour for years, mm-hmm. years, and well, no wonder we, you know, we're not making the money on them. On that job because you don't have the parts to go with it. Okay, so that we went from 125 an hour to 215 an hour for for testing. Any any testing, and then learning to not sell hours, sell the service, sell right. the job. Yes, yeah. it's. I'm telling you, you there's, this this. I told you earlier, the six months has been just mind blowing. And customers, customers don't care. I, and I say that meaning you you fix the vehicle, you take care of them, you treat them right, and they they will pay it. Uh, I love here pay it. Love hearing that because yeah. I I
0: said it for years, right? Like my, my tagline is somebody would always ask, well, how many hours should I charge to do this job? And I, my answer always it would it would man it would it would hammer some people as much as possible, as much as possible because it's it's the it's the go to answer. Like really, yeah. it's the best go-to answer there is. As much as possible, right? As much as they want to pay, as much as you can get, so that you sleep well at night. That's that's the that's the answer. People, if you've got a customer that's coming to you and they're breaking it all down, and they know how many hours it's supposed to be to take that transmission out and put it back in, and what blah blah, blah blah, you don't want that customer. You know, you are wow. you are selling them a repair, and the repair costs X amount of dollars, and and we're gonna have it done for you this way. We're gonna have it done for you on this date. Sign here. It's really that simple, you know. And, and it, it, people, they don't want to accept that. And I understand. I say it's that simple. There's intricacies and all that kind of stuff. But we've made it. We've made it way too difficult for way too long because we've allowed them to dictate to us. Well, I don't want to pay eight hours labor or why should I pay eight hours labor? I know your guy does 10 of these a week. He can do it in four. That's not, that's not the point. I don't care. Right? He does it. in. But like you said, we've allowed it. Yes. We
1: cave. We're trying to, we're trying to do the, we're, 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 we're in our own way as as a as a whole to yes. get past all that. And man, it just, we can't, we can't. Everything in this world, and no matter where you live, has gone up in price in the last thirty-six months. We all we all know that. Whether you blame it on whatever
0: phenomenon
1: you (laughs) want, and I that's we ain't going there at the moment. It doesn't matter why. It has, and you know, I you got to keep up with that. Mm -hmm. You got to keep up with that because whatever whatever I need to go spend my money on has gone up. Yep, and if I. If I, if I don't go up or if we don't charge more or, or charge more appropriately, because uh, I don't want to sound greedy, but it's it's we can't. We can't do it.
0: Yeah. I we, mean, your, your yeah. people, when they go to the grocery store, when they leave your shop or the grocery store, they go buy their groceries. It's all more expensive, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it's just the, the, when they put fuel in their truck, it's more expensive. We have to pay our people better. We just have to. And, it, you know, that money has to come from the customers. There's just no two ways about it. Because I used to think, I was one of them where it was like, oh, the, the, the owners are sitting there on a big pile of money. And, they, you know, they're, not, they're holding on to it. And they're not giving it, you know, where it should That was, I was, man, I was, I was so wrong about that. And for anybody that I ever said that to, I apologize again because I owe you a big apology. But because the situation of, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I was wrong about that. But the thing is, there's still too much reluctance to get it from your customer. And that's the reality. That's just as simple as it's going to be. That's where it has to come from, yeah. right? We that's have the only place to get it. Yeah. It's, you know, we can talk all we want about matrices on parts and stuff like this. And, you know, I still see people asking, you know, what's the consensus on bringing in our customer supplied parts? I can't believe we're still having that conversation. But let's have it again. So we have to get it from the customers. It's not just about the matrix. It's the fact that we have to be confidently selling a repair, not selling time. We need to be selling a repair. We need to be selling an inspection. Okay, you want to know the condition of your vehicle from front to back, top to bottom. We can tell you everything that you think you know about it, plus a whole lot more. It's going to cost X. From that, we then determine, okay, let's proceed with you know x y and z for repairs let's think about you know what's what's the intended use of this vehicle right if, if i'm going to spec you mm-hmm. a trans or something like that what are you going to do with it is it just going to be you know a, a, a daily commuter okay i can set you something up like this oh you're going to work that bugger it's like uh, for me i i look at it like when i'm doing brake jobs and truck and tires on on stuff that's being used, the guy that has a thirty-five hundred Savannah van with a box van that he loads overweight and jumps around from all over the city doing deliveries all day long, I do not put the same brakes on that thing that I do on, you know, Mrs. Smith that only drives her Camry, you know, two days a week, Saturday <laughs> the grocery store. Uh, Mrs. Cam, you know, Mrs. Smith can get a different type of brake. That guy that's using that truck. I got to put the absolute fleet grade, the best stuff that I can put on there because I know it's being used at the, you know, the top ten percent of how people ever thought that thing would be used. He's using it that way, and he's using it every day like that. We and, we need to and nobody and, overloads. No, no, everybody does their maintenance, and nobody overloads. like <laughs> he doesn't look to me and go, okay, like you know, brakes should take X amount of hours to do. He knows that when he's driving them into a job site and it comes out caked in mud and the stuff is rotting and and rusted and, you know, we love our salt up here, same as you guys. They Mm -hmm. don't, you know, fleet customers are great because they don't come to me and go, well, why does that cost so much? They're just like, frig man, you got it back done same day that you said you'd get it done. It works great. Thank you. And they come in and they sign and everything's good. We need to just start approaching it as a job by job you know because and i think again going back to like you said when so many of have worked flat rate or we worked a dealership it's all about time you know my, my it's still my mother will still ask me how long is it going to take to do something and i immediately go you know 1.6 1.8 like nowhere else <laughs> would go to the industry and you say to somebody in a time segment 1.8 they look at you like you're crazy what the heck is one point? Yeah,
1: and it's, but it's, and it's and that's just how clocks should be set up because because we're so used to that, right? It's Even one if hour you're driving somewhere. Oh, how long of a drive is it? a two point two. Yeah,
0: we know what it means. But I mean, it, <laughs> we we have to stop selling time just to sell the repair. Just sell the repair. You know, they got a they got a transmission that won't shift sell them the repair, you know, it's a testing and diag that was. Mm. I find that we're getting better about people that are selling the repair. But what do you? Th- you obviously don't do free diag at your shop at all, right? No.
1: You know what? I'd be lying if
0: I said no. Right. Because
1: because we still, we, st- we we free diag altogether. No, we're we're not doing anything free. That uh, doesn't also doesn't mean we're charging for everything. Yeah six again i'll use the six months ago thing yeah we got we get an hour up front and 4 hours later sometimes we'll have the answer well we just we just gave that away right i've i've got a younger guy that's um a year out of school and i and i oftentimes forget forget how young he is because we've literally thrown him to the wolves mm mhm I try and work side by side with him and, and we're we're trying to he's got dirt under his fingernails and he works on his stuff at home and so he's already okay, good. But you want to walk those guys through again, we're trying to we're trying to bring this next generation up. And him and I'll spend maybe two, three hours on something, but from an educational standpoint, but I can't charge a customer that.
0: Right. Yes.
1: So 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 in that respect, yeah, we're 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 not Charging for everything, but we're still getting better at charging a fair price yeah. for the service. I'm not a, I'm not yet a fan of. Oop, we've spent two hours. We need to call and get more time. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not. We're not watching it that close. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. Again, I think that's fair. If you could say that you've spent legit two hours doing that. Or, or I'm sorry, two hours of time times whatever the charge is, you know, four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But if you got a half hour of, you know, loudly gagging and ten minutes of pooping or twenty minutes of pooping or whatever. And then you took a call and then you had a smoke break, well you've got an hour in it, but you but you've got two hours of time covered and and you know, I I just I still have that little bit of I wanna make sure that we're we're giving what we're what we're asking for. Yeah, and, and again, that's probably the shop owner or the or the technician turned shop owner side of me because there isn't a coach out there that'll that'll say that having the owner on the front counter is a great idea. Mm-hmm. or The technician turned owner,
0: and, yeah.
1: And I'm once in a while I'll slip. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, we we yeah, we ain't gonna charge you all that." Mm-hmm. But I'm also the same one that's gonna say, "No, we ain't touching that for less than a yeah. retainer fee." Yeah. <clears throat> It's, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's
1: just charge what we're worth, charge what we're worth.
0: Yeah. Charge for the job. You fix it. Great. It's tough. You know, I see it all the time with my shop because it's when you're doing the fleet stuff or you're doing repeat customers, they become, you become known. Right. So it's like you, you kind of, how do you do that? Where it's like, you don't feel like you owe them a break. Right. Because they've been loyal. Like, I mean, do we, do we reward loyalty with discount? Is that a is that a right thing to do in this business? Because you know, I think- I, un- I understand why it gets done, but then if you look at so many of the obstacles that sometimes this dealer this 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 industry has, it's because when we think like that, we reward um, loyalty with with a discount or a freebie or something like that. It's almost an untrackable thing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like you can get into it and you go, well, that's part of my marketing, you know, or that. That that repu- that that feel good feeling that they have it's it's one of my things is like when I see somebody going out in the parking lot with a scan tool and they're gonna real re- just scan it real quick and you know I still that just that just irks me because I mean from my experience of the dealer that's point six minimum 0.6 minimum to hook the 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 back in the day and Chrysler the DRB three up was 0.6 to hook it up anything as soon as it was retail warranty didn't pay that but it was thirty six minutes mm-hmm. once you got allotted you know and i'd see them go at the service advisor grab this you know $10,000 scan tool and he truck out to the drive through and he would plug it into the car and i know why he was doing it because maybe we just worked on it for something totally unrelated say we just did brakes on it and then the light pops on a week later brake job's not going to cause a check engine light to come on normally now i uh, usually no. no right but so if we immediately whack him with uh, okay well that was you know that's going to be 79.95 just to tell you why the light's on I Understand why they do it, but I mean, when you go out there and it's like you, oh, it's an oxygen sensor code. Well, that person now just knows okay, when they, I can it's really hard to sell for them when they come in next week to say, okay, so we're gonna have to charge a $79.99 for, for a diag on an oxygen sensor and, and you know, go through the steps to make sure that it is a sensor and all that jazz, but you know, you know how it is. Most of the time, it's got a bad heater and it's just an O2 it's really hard to sell them that 80 bucks when he walked out there and hooked the machine up. And in six minutes spit out a number that said, Hey, you got an oxygen sensor, blah, blah, blah. So that's where I was always like the freebie thing. It's, it's, it's such, such the forefront of, of how do we make it work in this industry? Cause I know that we have to, I know I've accepted that, that there is, you do have to do things for, for your customers to, 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 make the sale or whatever but man that's tough right because it's really hard to pay for that tool when you're doing you know when doing code scans like that and i don't i like to try and i don't like to say it's a diag it's a code scan you know but we know a lot of the time it's gonna roll into just an oxygen sensor and you're gonna roll out and it's done when you're dealing with the other things you know nightmare cars or stuff like that i immediately like i wish that more people when they come to you and they say hey You know, my lights on again, (laughs) on again should mean, okay, I'm not going to walk out there with a tool. I'm immediately going to go to plan B, which sell you some time. You know, when we say, okay, I got a light on. If the customer's not so forthcoming, we may go out there and and hook that up. And, oh, look, you got, I got all four oxygen sensors making codes. (laughs) And then the guy goes, yeah, it's been doing that. And, you know, I, I, I got four oxygen sensors off of, you know, eBay or rock auto and I put them all in and, you know, Bosch ten bucks cheaper than whatever the Denzel that's supposed to be in there and friggin' things still still doing these codes. What do we do now? Well, we just kind of screwed up because right, if we'd have maybe done a little bit more right there with the customer, we'd be selling, you know, that two hundred or four hundred dollar retainer instead of just now trying to make a pitch at okay, our diag rate is you know, one hundred and a dollar one hundred an hour. Let's even Easy math, and we normally would start oh, yeah, on numbers. this. Yeah, three hours, and they go, "What? You just, you just, you just hooked it up and scanned it and told me that I still got oxygen sensor codes." You know, this is where I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about how do we, you know. And this is one of those things that I keep trying to in my head. You know, is there a solution to it? I think there is. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. You know, it's the, it's a mindset.
1: <laughs> it's a yeah. mindset that this the solution is. <laughs> To be blunt, we, we quit doing it. We've all been we've we've all been to the to the dentist, to the doctor, to mm-hmm. the, to, to 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 some other type of service, and 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 Cecil said it in his class. You go to the dentist; that's probably the highest paid anything that you're going to go to. You sit in that chair an hour for a crown, and it's eighteen hundred dollars.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you don't, and we don't think twice about it. Now, maybe that's because oh, we have dental insurance and it picks up half the bill. We have an extended warranty on our mm-hmm. mouth, or we have an extended warranty, aka health insurance, whatever that is. If 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 you're if you're going in and you know oh, we need to get you to the ER or a specialist and run some tests. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a healthcare worker, but if they said you need a CAT scan, you ain't gonna say uh-uh. You paying for that? Hell no. Just what's the next best option? We don't. We do it all the time as, as humans, but the I think our industry has allowed it. We've we've done it. We've done all those parking lot diag's or, or, or code scans, and then we have done it to ourselves. And I and I'm I'm not against going out there plugging in and, and not diagnosing it or not giving the answers. But okay, well, what are we up against? Are we is this something that bringing in this afternoon? Or, you know what? We're gonna need some time on this. Or neither. At yep. least to give you a heads up. And and I'm not gonna. I don't know. The more I'm sitting here talking about it, the more I can think of examples where I have done that. Well, it's probably not much major. Make you know. Uh, yeah. This ga- gasser world. What do you guys call them? Evap codes. Yes. Or um, yep. the, the the gas cap thing. Maybe maybe it's that simple. Click. Okay. Yep. Uh, that, that's the kind of stuff in whatever scenario you want to use i think we've all done it
0: well i, I like look said, it, said. i look at it like this like mm-hmm. i've never in my life seen where it's like okay i had a filling put in by dr smith six months ago this is hypothetical this is you know i'm not a filling six months yeah. and and then i'm out of town and my tooth starts to hurt and i go see dr johnson And I walk into the and I make the appointment, I walk into the office and I don't just walk in and the receptionist and I say, Okay, I just had this filling done six months ago. I just want to know if the thing is okay to drive back to Mr. Smith. Can somebody look at my filling real quick? (laughs) Dr. Johnson, he doesn't come out from behind, you know, the 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 wall and real quick and shine a flashlight in my face and right in the waiting room and, (laughs) and look at my filling, right? It doesn't work like that. But yet we're supposed to do it, you know? It's, it's expected. And you know I've had great conversations with so many people and they were, I, I know that as long as they operate a shop, they were, they're going to do it that way. And God bless them. But I just remind them that we're the only one that we're the only industry that does that. We are the only one. We are, we, do, we, we don't, are, you know, the dentist doesn't come out there and let me, all. Oh, you know, let me, let me just give this one in the chair a shot of Novocaine you know, dumb them down for another two minutes. I'm going to come out there with a flashlight and I'm going to tilt your head real back, say off for me. And I'm going to check in there real quick. We don't do that. They don't not do that. Why do we? we don't need to, I don't think anyway, I think it's just like you bring me a car in. Okay. It's doing X, Y, and Z. Cool. All right. I think I can get to the bottom of that. When can I book you in? I think that's as far as the conversation needs to go. Cause like when you are coming around to your evap thing, I made a lot of money working on EVAP codes. They, they were, that was my bread and butter. We had a lot of them. I was good at them. P- pattern failure, knew it inside and out. I knew yeah. the system. I knew every cheat to, to make this system run the test to like, you know, guys are like, oh, you just live with that smoke machine. Man, I hardly ever, <laughs> used that sucker. You know, I used it to prove the filler neck was rusted and that was it. The rest of the time it was, you know, visual and using the scan tool. So when, what always irked me is we go out there and we we'd scan that car and it's oh it's just an evap fault don't worry about it because you know it's not going to cause the car to run any worse and blah 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 blah. We did that for years and then the customer all of a sudden they get a transmission fault, you know, and now it's logging a P zero seven hundred on the on the ECM side and then the TCM's got a fault in. They don't know that because you know the torque converter it ain't locking up anymore, but they just think the light's been on forever because. You know, they don't want to replace their filler neck or they don't want to yep. replace their valve or whatever. And all of a sudden now that tranny's burning up <coughs> because it's not staying locked, right, when it's supposed to. And something that could have been fixed or given, we took the warning system out of the car by saying it's just a $100 vent valve. Don't bother fixing it. The car's going to run fine. And all of a sudden we took that engineered warning system and we disregarded it to down to nothing. Don't worry about it. It's just a nuisance like piss on it don't worry about it. just put some tape on it just put some tape on it right so now all that other system that's engineered by people way smarter than all of us to give people notice to say hey that we've told them don't pay it any mind at all that's the part that always drove me crazy with evap right is it's because it's like i would see these cars come in it's like i'd go for i would do a safety inspection right or i do pre-purchase safety and it's like oh that light's always been on well what's it oh it's just a gas cap you scan and it, it's got an oxygen sensor that's doing nothing. It's got you know a transmission fault. It's got a catalyst is misfire and it's like, well, it maybe three years ago it was just a gas cap, but all the other stuff that's now happened is not giving you any warning at all. It drove me nuts when people just disregarded it. So I wish we would stop doing the industry. Like if it's supposed to turn on a light, let's treat it as it's important and let's start charging for it. You know. It's broke. Yeah. It's broke. If the light comes on, it's broke. It's, it doesn't matter if it's TP, TPMS drives me nuts, right? You see that. Cars come in, TPMS late, and the customer's like, I don't have to fix that. You know, it's like, they want $80 for a tire sensor plus programming. Like, I just put a rubber valve stem in it, right? Like, piss on them. That drove me nuts because it's, it's we're, first of all, we're taking money that we could be making and we're throwing it out the window. And then secondly, we're telling the customer that it's, it's okay to cheap it. I don't want to do that anymore. You know. So yeah,
1: you're right because we do. We give them we give them permission to accept that light being on, and all they need to hear, I think, as we as, you're, as we're talking through, they they bring it in because the light's on. Yeah. They bring it to to us the the expert, and we tell them, I don't worry. So they've got permission to ignore it, and yep. that's stuck in their head. So so like you said, from here on out, we don't. What else is wrong? Yep. And. It, it, it we just, God, we did it to ourselves as as an as a whole, not you know any one person, whatever. But it it is where we we as an industry have we can't do that anymore. And and I think this is going to be one of those things that will never fully solve. I don't. I mean, I'd like to think what there's that we could someday. Um, you call out the furnace guy or air conditioning guy at your house, you know mm-hmm. who's going to charge you a a, a a trip call a trip. Whatever, yeah, and, and you're not going to think twice about it. He's gonna, he's gonna. Oh, you need this. And you're not going to think twice about it. And you need this, and you're not going to think twice about you. Uh, and maybe, maybe people do, but probably not going to beat him up over the price to get your air working. Yeah, maybe, maybe people do. I don't know. But point is, I think people just expect to do it with with their automotive repair or that type of thing because. It's yeah. happened for so
0: long i don't i don't think people get beaten up in that business too much until at least they've already got paid for the service call and they come in and they said okay i looked at your ac unit and the and the, the fans junk the fan's going to cost you x amount of dollars they've already got paid for that service call to come in now they might want to start to dicker and whine and all that kind of stuff about oh crap like that fan They're like how much does that fan cost and how how long is it going to take you to put in and like you got a minimum charge here, two hours for a service call, but you're going to put that fan in 40 minutes. Why should I pay two hours? I think be, the what they do better than us is they've already got some dispatched person there contracted out to go and look at your broken piece of equipment, whether it's, you know, like in to tow trucks, it's the same thing. Nobody argues with mm-hmm. the tow truck driver anymore. When they, when they, when they show up, they've made the call. They're told when they get there, it's going to be X amount per mile, and it's going to cost you blah, 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 just to, for us to get to you and hook up. When you get there, it's already done. Why in this industry <laughs> do we allow it to be where it's like, because and I know why, because it comes back to that time thing, right? Just as the same as like you said, everything is about time. We got to stop selling time. We think so much in time that it's like, oh, it's just five minutes right? It's only going to take me five minutes. It's only going to take me 10 minutes to talk to this customer on the phone. Well, you know, Cecil talks about, if you add up all those 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. That's the part that always couldn't understand is because there's so many, why is it that so many texts that go into business where they were flat rate, they worked in a dealer, like every, every, every 10th was, you could tell you to the nickel, you know, if I'm getting paid X amount per hour, and i break that down into 10s say 35 bucks tenths to 350 right like i just gave away 350 if i spent 6 minutes right well yeah. uh, you know why do we do that well because all of a sudden i think when we come into a business we're told we have to start doing that you know we have to start giving it away to, in order to drive some business in and i they're probably right we probably do but I wonder if it's, it's ever- part of this weird marketing plan that we didn't yeah. know we signed up for. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I just wonder if it's yeah. ever a shadow that we ever get out from underneath, you know? So it's, uh- I, I think, it. I, I think it's a diff and the longer we do it, it's, it's the old,
1: it's hard to break a habit. Yeah. And, and I can speak from experience. I, I don't even realize some of the stuff that I, that we did or, or frankly we do that we're like, Oh, we just gave that away. Why do we do that? You know, and some of it's conscious, you know, you, for whatever reason you might, do that, but it, you go to a restaurant you order off the menu, and the menu gives you all the pricing up front. Now granted it's cut and dried. You know, you're not mm-hmm. sure what you're going to face when you order that, but we, yeah. we you just, we just pay the price. We just pay the price. But I think being upfront about it is the key. We have to say, okay, we'll get to the bottom of that. And it's, you know, our, our our testing charge is X dollars, mm-hmm. or the retainer thing. I, I to me the retainer thing is genius because I don't know a lawyer out there, yeah, that is not going to hit you with that up front. I don't care if you got it if you're going into something. They're getting a retainer fee, and we don't. They're not even going to talk to you. They don't even until answer. That who? check is in their hand. No. Okay. Yep. yep. That's a, okay. We can take that on. So the first thing we need is uh, three thousand dollars. And then uh, once that once we get that, then we will uh, schedule the time, and we'll it will go over. Mm-hmm. Not nothing else. Not like okay, well, you agreed to it. I'm sure the check's in the mail. No, no, not not happening. And um, like the, the whole the whole plug into the car thing, and it's like you said, if you go, some of these guys have got. Multiple different scan tools, and we're I'm I'm in this little corner of we just fix one car line. Yeah, and I and I and I and I don't I don't laugh in a in a negative way, but it's like I I don't know how people keep up with so many different things. We do one thing, and I I I just keeping up with the changes year over year. Now, oh yeah, we do we do the big three, and then we oh we do you know four different import lines, and then. We do this and I'm, uh, I have no idea how people do it. I really don't. So the, so the people out there that are doing all that different stuff and successful at it, my hat's off. Yeah. I go, I do one thing and, and that's, uh, I, that's it. I have-
0: yep. When you look at Brian Pollock's scanner drawer, right? Like, I mean, and that's just a scanner drawer, you know, it's like yeah. I pulled from Royal auto services last week. And it was like, you know, his, their scanner room and it's, you know, $50,000, which was, he was fibbing on the number. It was way more than that. But I mean, it was like, you know, we shouldn't be, well, I'm pretty sure if they're got a hundred thousand dollars with a scan tool in a the room, they're not going out and plugging something in real quick in a parking lot, I guess as much now when you said habit is so can, is it safe to say for you, the new habit is going to be going to vision? I, I will, I
1: don't know. No, yes, absolutely. To answer, to answer your question, I will be at Vision every year from here until I'm out of this business. And okay. I think ASTE is in September. Uh, I will be at ASTE. I, there was the opportunity to go to ETI. I know, I know Brian and went and Lucas and David and, and uh, I don't know, a handful of other guys. I wasn't really sure if that was something for me, mm-hmm leading up to it, but I, I even asked Brian, I'm like, w- was it worth it? Would you do it again? And he goes, Oh yeah, definitely. Now yeah. he's a celebrity and a big shot, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is, he is honestly. Yeah. He, he yeah. is.
1: Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because uh, the more him and I talk and I, and when I say talk, it's, it's through messenger or, or, or sending a voice message back and forth. Yep. I'm convinced we're not only related we're somehow brothers we might not have grew up in the same house, but I, I don't know it is it's the same stuff I mean it kind of started out with uh you know well, we're watching this old house reruns yeah which is completely random, but that just goes to so many different things and and he he's so relatable he's so relatable and I, like i said i'll I'll go to the grave thinking that him and I are related somehow
0: Well, so, they so there's definitely some similar mannerisms between you and him. It, it is kind of uncanny right now. And, and you know, he joked about that too. Last week we were talking about, it. he's like, Eric and I kind of, we met and he, we're kind of convinced that we might be related. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And I mean, you can't ask for a better person to be related to if that is the case. He is, he's a super dude. I mean, him and I talk just about every day about, you know, and it's just, it it's not always about the shop. It's just, you know but it's a lot of it as we've had we've had several years now of like sometimes 20 minute rants back and forth messenger you know cuz i just i i just click on and i start going it's kind of like this and uh you know he'll come back and he'll be like oh man i know exactly what you're feeling like in this and then it's it's been so therapeutic right to be able to have that that outlet and i think that that's getting back to it is is what these these when we all talk about the networking, right? And they put the, oh, you go to these training events and it costs X, Y, and Z, and it's a lot of money and you miss out on this. The networking is is something that I think is just, you can't put a value on. And I think the therapeutic aspect of it, right? Of being able to say, just like you said, you went there division and all of a sudden you're sitting in a room full of people that are, are just like yourself. You know, you, you're not alone. You've made, they make the same mistakes you make right? They're face the same struggles that you face. Right, it's, That's how we, that's how we get over this hurdle that we're, I think we're currently sitting on is, is, is just having that network. Yep. Yep. I mean, having, I,
1: having that st- sounding board or that, that networking thing, I have no idea what, it what I spent to go to vision. And I don't, and, and I don't mean that in a, in any type of a an ego or bragging way. I I don't know what it cost to go there. Yep, you know, eight nine hundred bucks for the tickets, and we flew in the rental car and the hotel. Whatever. Yep. I'm not remembering any of that. Yep. Three months later, four months later, but I can I can I remember the, the connections I made and and the group of us in the diesel industry. We've got this messenger group. You know, we we kind of we we don't jokingly call ourselves but but we call ourselves the vision kings and it's and it's there's six or seven of us in there and we were all at mission uh and we've got a, f- a few people that we've i want to say led into the group because it's it's just a it's just a messenger group it's not yeah. over the top but but people that we really didn't know each other up until that we're we're lifelong friends. I mean, we're we're three months in, four months in to this, but we are absolutely lifelong friends and, and guys like, like Brian and, and you and Lucas and so many people that, you know, I can't wait to meet and listen. Yeah. You know, Dutch, Dutch is one of those guys that I just want to, I just, I want him to yell at me for something just to say that I've, I've had Dutch give me direction. Yeah. And, And be around this, this stuff, um, Cecil, and 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 that whole group of things, and it's like, man, the the friendships, the friendships, the networking, the sounding board. You're missing out if you're not doing it.
0: Dutch's episode will come out in mid July, I think, is tentatively when it's going to drop. And um, I met him at AST. I've told the story a couple times now. I met him at AST. It was the first time I met him. I talked to him once or twice before that in the group but i hadn't met him I, i'd seen his name in iatn for years i knew of dutch easily 10 years before yeah. it did not it doesn't matter how much you hear about him or what you know you're not prepared until you meet him what that man brings to the co- any conversation it doesn't matter he has he has one of those personalities and he's just He's on another level of intellect. That's as as close as I can say, he's just on another level. He is one of the most well thought and well spoken people I've ever been around in this industry. And being able to put his thoughts into, into a way that's effective and efficient. And he just he makes you he makes you listen. Right. And he, he doesn't you know everything he says. When he says it, he means it. And it's it's not just a, a theory. He's proven it. He's done it. And it's, 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 we need more of him. We need more of all of us, but we need more of him with that kind of attitude where it's like, you know, he, he is 100% in his convictions on how he does his business and how he treats his customers and how he treats his staff. It's, it's, it's unwavering. It will not, he will not steer from that. That is what, at his core, is what it's about. And I, I just, I respect the heck out of him. I mean, it's, it's so, Lucas is the same. Lucas is exactly the same. You know, David as well. They're just like, we started out with this podcast. They breathe so much life into me wanting to do this, wanting to do better. Right. That's because otherwise I was just a, I was just a grouchy shit. That's all I was just. a.
1: <laughs> we all were. We were flat rate guys, for God's sakes. We spent, we spent years in the dealer. Yes. We were bred to be efficient, whiny bitches.
0: Yep. and, i see see so much more potential right eric it's just i see i see it and i want to see it like you said lifelong friends man that's that's what i want to see you know if you come away from vision and that's all you get out of it man that's still something right if you go to vision it's like you don't take any of the advice which i can't think that anyone will you sit through all the classes and you go i already knew that I already knew that. You didn't tell me anything there. I knew how to diagnose. <laughs> sure. But if you do, if you go through, yeah. you don't know, get the, but if you come away from vision with one lifelong friend, think about what that means in the greater scheme of things. It's huge, huge, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh I hope, I hope, I hope to make it for sure. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get to Apex and I'm trying to get to AST. So it's just, uh, I'm, I'm still an employee. I'm not a, on a boss. So it's harder to get away. But, uh, yeah, as long as my schedule. So, so when out. you go
1: to those, when you go to those events, <clears throat> does that come out of Jeff's pocket or does, does your, does your employer kick in for that? Or how does that work on your side of things?
0: My my employer does not kick in for that. Okay. It's, uh, so I schedule my holiday time and, you know, uh, financially I'm on the hook for it. So, you know, now it's just yep. paying, As this podcast starts to generate some, you know, a few pennies here and there, that helps out, Mm -hmm. and that's so that's you know I'm I'm jealous of the guys that are that can go to a lot of these events. I really am, and um, and it's not you know they're not they're not braggarts about it. They're not like they deserve to be there. They they get a lot out of it. They bring a lot to it, right? But I mean, I'm you know I I understand where this because you know my shop owner we're, we're, it's a small scale, you know what I mean? Like for me to go and and say, I want you to, you know, to fund that and pay for it and all that kind of stuff. That's a chunk of profit right there for, you know, if he was to send me that, that's like, you sure. know, there's a bunch of money now. I know that, you know, we hear people talk about, well, you just have to adjust your rates then and it should be a team building experience. and And I get all that. I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just, it can't always work everybody and um but i think that everybody in the industry should at least go to one because i mean you it changed your life i haven't met someone yet who didn't go to one of those events that hasn't said it changed their life they all say the same thing it changed my life it put me on a different path in in this in my career man that's that's a that's a drop in the bucket (laughs) you know so
1: well it is and and it shows another level of commitment
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To 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 do it like what you do <laughs> as as and I, and I and I the out of pocket it's all every all these trips are out of pocket and mm-hmm. whose pocket makes a huge difference because shop owners we we like to oh well, we're going to justify it we'll do this it's a write off it's this that, and the other thing
2: <clears throat>
1: you don't somebody in your situation that's that's way more commitment to that than, than a shop owner is given because that's, like you said, you're scheduling your vacation time around it. You're yeah. picking up the bill for it. And that that to me is, is probably more powerful than, you know, oh, uh, my boss is sending, you know, six of us and we're just, you know, we're going to go screw off in Kansas City for the weekend. It, I mean, that might be what it seems like. To some, but yeah. and that you're 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 feeling that in a, uh, on a on a different in a different way, I guess. There's a there's a there's a sh- um, a, a tech here locally that um, works at a shop up the street, uh, Rosamus, and and recently, um, well, back to the original part of the story. So so Andrew had had sent himself, and, and Andrew's a uh, uh younger guy that's just really exactly what we want for the next generation. But he 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 paid his way to ASTE last year and he was telling me at some of these training stuff that we do locally that like that was just, you know, mind blowing to him and he and he paid the bill. Yeah. Young guy, you know, I, I don't know exactly how old he is, it doesn't matter. But that's a big commitment for for a young guy to to do that, and all the, that's awesome. I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. I don't know how to. I mean, yeah, there's scholarships and different things like that, but man, it's so worth it in the end. I'm sure he probably doesn't really remember exactly what it cost, and and then you went to ASTE, uh, but you remember all the experiences you took away from it. I think that's that's the thing that people hopefully put more thought into than oh, I, I don't I don't want to spend the money, which. I get it. I a thousand percent get it. Mm-hmm. Especially the stories of Vision. What you know? I I shut my whole shop down, and there's ten of us here. Yeah, and I'm. I'm not a mathematician, but it doesn't take long to figure out oh, that's not a cheap trip. And then you look at you know now you're shut down for four days, and your your yeah. your revenue's gone, and this 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 this, and that's a commitment. That is a commitment. But I I I would like you said. I think it would be unfair to think that those people didn't see the value in it big picture
0: so when you go this year are you going to take will you take some of your staff with you
1: Uh, i would like to take as many of them as i think will get benefit from it Mm -hmm. and and i guess what i mean by that and maybe i'm not thinking clearly on this is we kind of talked earlier service the service side of things is only part of the business we have the we have a large you know the e-commerce and the manufacturing and and that type of thing is is higher percentage of the business than services at the moment but i would I, I think everybody needs to go to something like that and maybe there's maybe there's something that might be better suited a similar type of that for a different area of the business Yep. But maybe not i mean at vision there was all sorts of those classes there was some some accounting type stuff and bookkeeping type stuff I, I, my wife went to uh one of hunt's classes and and picked up all sorts of information and mm-hmm. there's, there's, there probably is something there for everybody. I'm trying to figure out how to answer your question and talk through it at the same time. So just ignore me for a second, but mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think it would be beneficial for most of the people in the, in the, in the organization to attend that, yeah. but, or, or something like that.
0: I, um, I, I challenge everybody that says that they can't afford it or that it costs too much. To just think about what we talked about earlier, which is every time then that we go out and we do that little code scan for free or something like that, mm-hmm. think about that money just as if, you know, we all got a swear jar or we all know what a swear jar is. Just treat it like a swear jar. Every time you were gonna do that one job, or one little five minute, six minute, three tenths, whatever you want to call it, and you're not gonna charge, just think about if you put that money <laughs> in the jar, could you take yourself to vision? If you can, and start putting that friggin' money in the jar tomorrow, right? And get get I your vision. You know, I think. I, and think that, we, I, th- I think. Then we can't make the excuse anymore.
1: I think that initiative is great. We need we need to get Paul to make a video on it because he's really good at them, and probably some other guys are too. But t- and I'm joking. If he hears this and breaks the video, great. Because that way, you and I don't have to. <laughs> but do it. I love it. You plug that scanner in on a on a car. It doesn't have a ticket on it. Pick a number. How much, how much are we putting in that jar? 20 I'll talk. T- 25 bucks, 50 bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you figured easy math, a hundred dollar door rate, if you do it for 0. 0.25, like a quarter, it's 25 bucks, you know? So if you spend 15 minutes out there and you don't charge 25 bucks, man, think about if I put $25 hmm. every time that I didn't charge, and I did that four times in a week. Which let's be real, we probably you know, there's some shops out there that probably do it four times a day. You're mm-hmm. putting a couple hundred in every week. It ain't long and you're paying for somebody's somebody's trip. So that's uh that's I, what I wanna that's what I wanna leave it with is 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 everybody think about that. If you think you can't afford it, look at where you could be maybe charging for something that you're right now for doing for free. And instead of, you know, putting it back in as profit or you know, Um, profits not a bad word instead of just, you know, buying maybe shop equipment or something like that, that just, you know, maybe makes a job just a bit faster. Think about a trip like that. Think about a trip division. Cause I mean, you know, Eric, it changed your life. I didn't make a division. I made a DST. It changed mine. Like I just said, we haven't met a person yet who's when they've been to one of those events, it didn't change their lives. If we're going to start changing the industry, let's start changing lives and let's start doing it by getting, our people to these events so
1: and it's so hard to do if if, if, if we can't we, we, we can talk to or blue in the face about the value in it but man they only got to get there once you, you know what the first year don't bring the whole crew just just bring yourself whatever whatever yourself is in that organization just just go I, I, I almost guarantee the next event or the following year, you're going to have part or all of your crew there. You just will.
0: Yeah. I think, and and you can, if you want to give the credit to the fact that, you know, it's like the very first one that you go to, you realize you come home and you put your rates up and you make this little change that all of a sudden that's where the money comes in. That's where the money comes from to be able to take more of your crew, right? And and I think it's, Mm we're talking about that we haven't even touched on what it does to fire up some of the other members of your staff you know we're always going to have people that they just don't want they might have no interest in it right they don't they don't care they might not have the effect on them that it has on other people that's okay it doesn't make them less valuable in, in, in this industry or less valuable in the business but man mm-hmm. we got to start you know firing up these people that really want to you know when you see a, a guy that just lives and breathes this stuff You know what I mean? And, and what you can take them and show them at that kind of thing. Brian talked about it when, you know, when he took his kids, uh, a couple months back there, you know, if we can get that happening, we can, we can start to solve this technician shortage. I really think we can, I think it'll keep some of them that are, that are thinking about getting out and going somewhere else. I think it keeps them in shops. And I mean, if, if, you know, what's that worth, you can't put a price on it. What the, what's that worth is keeping a quality uh-huh. check in a, in the in your shop. You can't put a number on it. No, not now and in our lifetime we're not gonna see an end to that shortage on
1: and any aspect of it.
0: No. Well, Eric, I wanna thank you, man. I think we'll wrap it up right there. It's uh I I was looking forward to this one because I you know, I haven't had a it chance to with you too well, too much and uh I was looking forward to it and um we'll definitely do it again for sure. So when, you and see, when I think Lucas and
1: Brian had said something, about Jeff wants to record with you, I'm like, "What do you want to talk to me for?" I got nothing. <laughs> but but it's awesome to <clears throat> to do it. I because uh, just, just listening to some of your stuff on on uh, those other podcasts and just watching how you post, I'm like, I like this guy. You know, <laughs> I can see we're relatable.
0: <laughs> <There's a lot. laughs> I'm not as I'm not as abrasive as everybody first thought I am, which is a good thing um
1: but it's good to set a standard up front and then just come in soft on the back
0: for sure Uh, i appreciate your time man we'll uh we'll talk to you soon all
1: right sir all right thank
0: you. you too